please don't say that she's been sexually assaulted or kidnapped or anything bad. Just, just, just be crazy. Please just be crazy. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Mike. How's it going, buddy? It's going. It's a little warm. It's a little warm. I should turn my fan on as well because it is warm down here in the old shop. Uh, Speaking of warm, and I'm sitting on like a leather-topped chair. That's a dining room chair. That's not in my dining room at the the moment. Uh, Where are you going with this? I saw on, on Instagram someone had a boys' cooler or the cooler for the boys or whatever, and they... 3D printed something that goes on your vent in your car with a tube oh, that yes. you tuck up your shorts. <laughs> and I could use one right now on I this leather get chair. I one of those for the patrol car and just like... In my vest. Underneath my vest. They actually make one called a cool Yeah, cop. I know, but you, yeah, but you have to like completely disassemble the fucking dash. No, you just duct tape it to one of the vents. Well, I mean, yeah, you could do that, but the way it's designed to be installed is you have to like take apart the dash. We, there was a bunch of us that were looking into it one year. Okay. If I worked again during the day, which isn't going to happen in a patrol car unless when I get the, if I do the truck officer thing, um, I would like to get one because during the day, uh, especially out by you, where it's even hotter than it is here with all that gear on, holy crap, man, is it getting effing hot. It gets a little toasty. Yeah. All right. So good news. Uh, This episode of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast, which is episode 48, is being brought to the Pablo Sandoval one. Pablo Sandoval and Reggie Amanda. Phillips, someone you don't even know. But Reggie True. Phillips was that's a backup cornerback for the Chicago so Bears. You, hold on. Oh. You're going with a backup corner that played for the Bears. And in Super Bowl twenty, had a pick six. Okay, was it? Which helped the team win 46-10. to 10. So you're telling me that it was probably in garbage time. Which was the lot No. Which was the largest Super Bowl victory until like the next year, and, until the Forty ers <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think they played the Bengals and they beat them like, or yeah. was it the Broncos that they beat like fifty-five to ten? No, the Bengals. Yeah. So, but yeah, Reggie number forty-eight. That's always sticks in my head. Was a, I see it over and over in my head. The interception that went back for a touchdown. So, okay. when you're in, in the Super Bowl time. and your team is crushing it, you can never have too many points. Even the two points that Henry Wachter got on a on a safety sack, nobody knows sticks who in my that head. Is. Everyone that's in Chicago, it's like knows maybe who that three is. Bears fans who know. No, no, who, everyone knows who, who that is. is. Yeah, I have no clue. So, anyways, episode forty-eight, the Pablo Sandoval Reggie Phillips episode. No, the the Panda episode. We'll go with that. The Panda episode. What? He's a World Series MVP. Did he score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? No, but he did oh. hit four home runs in a World Series game. All right, I'll give that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think like three of them were off Justin Verlander. Then he gets my vote. In San Francisco, where it is notoriously hard to hit a home run. Yeah. Except unless you're... Unless you're very bonds. bonds. Yeah. Yeah. So episode 48 is being brought to you by Driverback. We'd like to thank Driverback for being a sponsor on the show. If you're not familiar with Driverback, let me tell you what it is. Driverback is the only patented retractable bit lanyard system. So how it works is... They have standard hex-shaped bits, screwdriver bits, square bits, and they all sit in this rubber contraption that slides over any of your drills. And then it 
snaps on the back drivers impact drivers there's a if you go to their website on driverback.com you can see how easy it is to order and how it works they have a video of how it works there's three easy steps to get your own the first one is picking out which impact tool you have and then you can buy multiples for different ones and then the Third one is just place your order. Uh, Michelle over there at Driver Back has been with us all year, and we've been trying to get her to get on the show, but they're so busy over there expanding their brand and making bigger and better things, she hasn't had the time to sit with us. So go to driverback.com, pick up one of those systems for yourself, and they are actually, here's what we're doing, Brandon, they're giving away Driver Back systems to our listeners. What? They are one per episode. So this being... The first episode sponsored by Driver Back. Whoever sends us a question next week, where are they going to send the question to? We have to have one place. Well, you can email it. Email it. A voice memo. Or even type it up if you're shy. It's okay. Right. To handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com. Tell us why you need this tool after you go to the website and look and why you think you're a good fit to get the tool. We'll put all those into a hat and draw out a winner, and you will be sent a driver back system for your drill. You'll have to tell us what drill you use, what impact, what model number, and once you send us all that and why you think you deserve one, the winner will get one sent to them from Michelle at Driverback because Driverback, Brandon, is... Is always ready for your next screw. Boom. That just happened. I'm Mike Morazzo. That's the tool that you didn't know that you needed. Definitely. And I have one Hold right here. I'm going to show you. For those that are visual learners and actually don't know what the system is, real quick, here it is on my heavy-ass Ryobi impact. And I use mostly is the um, screwdriver one. So it's simple as that. You put it in, and then you, when you pop it out, it slides back into its little holder. And then you pull out your square bit one or your Torx bit one and put it right in. So this isn't, if you do this properly with one hand, that's it, man. This is one of the best systems out there. I only have Hit one. Hit the trigger. Hit the trigger. Hit the trigger. There you go. See? So pop out, change it to the next one. It just slides back. And when I ordered these, she had sent me another system to replace these when these were out. So you can replace them if they were out. That's a fantastic system. Clips on. In or the if back. you find that you just need different ones. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is, although I like this heavy-ass Ryobi impact, it's heavy. I need a, a compact impact. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I'm actually going to buy a better brand. Uh, Ryobi's never done anything wrong to me, but I think I might try a DeWalt or a I have, Makita. I have the or, DeWalt Atomic. Okay. And it's so light and so great for overhead work. The only th- and, and it probably has the different battery system, right? The ones that most of the other drills have with the slide-in yeah, slide batteries. And the, oh, man, you, pa- you pair the, the DeWalt Atomic with a, uh, their new power stack battery. Yeah. Dude, it's so small and it's compact. I feel like I'd just put it in a cargo pocket and be fine. Oh, well, I might have to look them up. DeWalt is not a sponsor of this podcast, but they can be at some point if they wish to be. Just be sure to send an email to fullhousewoodworking at gmail.com. <laughs> Hey, I had another company reach out to me. This was a good one. God damn it. (laughs) Well, two in the last week. Great. Now DeWalt's never going to reach out. (laughs) One of them was, if I want my own cologne sent. I think you absolutely should go down that (laughs) road. I already said no. Like, what Ah, what the hell is that? My listeners won't like that. What? 
Hey, how about what we should have said is the I handcuffs did. and sawdust cologne. There you go. Makes it smell like you've been working in a wood shop all day. Smells like sweat and shame and <laughs> yeah. borderline alcohol abuse. I mean, how do these people find me and send me that shit? And then the other person. It's okay. I keep, I regularly get um, DMs saying like, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for our carbon neutral, um, like recycled jewelry line. I'm like, what about <laughs> what I put out screams right. that I would be a good fit for this other than I have a social media account. Right. Well, that's what they do. And, you know, one of them sent me, here, we'd like you to be a brand ambassador for us. You can pick one of these things, a fire safe or a cart for, like, shopping. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I said, I, no, I'll I have to did. pass. None of my followers. Briefly, I, I was a brand ambassador for a company. Well, I'm assuming it was a company. I don't know if they were actually legit or not. But they are like, I forget what it, what it was called. Um, but they had, like, these T-shirts with, like, pretty cool little things on them. I still wear one of the shirts. Um, and they're like, yeah, you just buy one shirt and then we'll give you like a coupon code. And as long as like people use coupon code and stuff, like you can acquire points and you can get free stuff. I'm like, sounds like I gotta do a lot of work, man. Yeah. Like, All right, whatever. And then I bought the shirt and the shirt's like, I, I was hoping it would be lighter, but man, this thing is like a fucking, like a three pound shirt. <laughs> oh, like a really heavy cotton <laughs> it's shirt. Heavy man. That's not good. This shirt I'm wearing, Red Lake Woodshop, is a really soft, like, poly blend. It's pretty nice. Yeah. You can get them at Red Lake Woodshop on his Instagram account if you're interested. I just have one question really, for Marty. I really want to ask you if you know kind of the joke behind that. The Red leg? No. Oh. The way it's laid out on the shirt. Like, the way the logo looks. No. My only question about the logo is why is this orange and not red? That's what's going to be my question. But what? Why? What is it? Am I missing something? You, yeah. Are you going to text Hold it to on. me now? Stand by. <laughs> Standing by. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about some shit. I'm going <laughs> to. All right. I was perusing the uh, oh, Officer Down Memorial page. your simple mind. That we'll be talking about later. And it apparently we lost three officers in a helicopter crash. Yeah. In uh, New Mexico. So that was pretty bad. And then what's not on there that I wanted to address later is the um, three Chicago police officers committed suicide. So, yeah, bring it um, down, but I'm going to. Well, well, well we can bring it up here at the top of the show. Um, there's a new uh, suicide hotline number. It's 988. 988. Yep. 988. It actually went live today. Uh, so if you need help, Please reach out and get help. And Mike, you should be receiving a picture to your phone okay. uh, explaining oh. exactly why <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. That's why I didn't. Damn, Marty's pretty brilliant, isn't he? <laughs> that's funny. Oh, God. I love you, Mike. You're just. Had he used an OnlyFans logo as well, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> Marty, you're brilliant. He's actually my woodworker um, shout-out of the week. So, <laughs> Wasn't he your woodworker shout-out last week? I thought I forgot to say it. So now yeah, it's two you, weeks in a row. We've been talking about him for a while. Okay. He's a special fella. Special fella. And he's Polish, so he likes to when I go, hey, it's okay, no problem. He says that to me. It's no problem. It's no problem. It's all right. Yeah. 
So uh, how was your week over there out there in the uh, shiny West Coast where you don't need air conditioning because you live where a big breeze blows into your house? So many naked people. I wish there weren't so many naked people. So I have, to start with the, I have to start with, okay, so here, here's what we're going to do. I'll talk about three calls. Two will be funny. One will be really sad. And that's how, that's how we're going to get through this. Okay. Okay. So the first one um, was actually my last call of the week. Uh, it's the recruits last week of the limbo phase where they're not graded at all. Um, yeah. Every now and then I go, how low can you go? Let that sink in for a second. Pause for effect. All right. Um, so we went to a call where this supposed to be a homeless feller, or I'm sorry, um, a person experiencing homelessness or a member of our unhoused community uh, is supposed to be sitting behind a dumpster near a uh, nice apartment complex smoking meth. So we roll out with my buddy and he's sitting there and one, he the the person who called in said like hey his arm is, is swollen i don't know if he needs an ambulance or anything like, all right so we show up and dude his arm looked like a freaking salami that you would see in a deli i like salami would i have taken a bite maybe it would have been bad no but it's got like you a cockroach color? on it yeah like it like that's how big around it was oh and this okay. dude like his torso was about as big around as my thigh. So his arm was bigger than his torso. It looked like. Yeah. So he's, we, we get him sitting on the curb and he's no, I don't need an ambulance. It's been like this. I keep going to the doctor for it and they keep giving me stuff for it. And it just doesn't go again. any smaller. Like, All right. Well, you're going to lose that arm eventually. And he, he keeps, so he's got his jeans like sagged down by his knees and he's got like these, I don't call him tights, but he's got some other type of legging on. And he keeps reaching on his inner thigh and he's like messing with something. And it's too far down to be his dick. Okay. Like, yes, this was a black guy, but it, it's still, it's too far down to be his not dick. Not the guy going around on the internet sitting on the bed. No. Not that guy. No, not that guy. Okay. And I'm waiting for the recruit to kind of pick up that he's fiddling with something because I'm thinking, I found his pipe. It's right there. And she doesn't address it. All right, well, let's see if she addresses it. Nothing for like five minutes. And finally, I just go, hey, dude, what do you keep messing with right there? And stone faced looks me dead in the eye and goes, it's poop, sir. Poop. Poop. And the front of his pants. Well, Inside. Down, like, down like his pant leg. But on the back or the side? It was like on the inside of his side, but he, he oh. kind of like had reached around by his hamstring and like kind of brought it around. Had it hardened? It had been down there know. for so long and he just moved it I don't know front. because right after he said that, my buddy and I looked at each other and then looked back at him and said, you need to fucking leave. <laughs> right now. <laughs> like right now. Do not pull that out or drop it right here. Dude, He's trying to shake it out of his leave. pant leg. Just leave. Like hoping like, it falls down. Just get out of here. I fucking hate you. Just Onto get Onto the top of, of his shoe and then he like <laughs> kicks his foot up at you and then flings it at you that way. Wait. <laughs> physically fling it at you yeah so that was <laughs> just the way he just looks at you and goes it's poop sir he was british <laughs> he had like that kind of accent it was weird. <laughs> like god damn it dude just get get out of here get you get out of here right now if you know what's good for you <laughs> uh, and take then, that shit uh, with you yeah 
God. Um, but we also went to a an alleged uh, sexual assault of a three-year-old. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, that was rough. I don't, I don't know if it's legit because just sitting there and kind of trying to talk to the three-year-old and kind of the way she's acting, she was acting pretty normal. Um, and the three-year-old, yeah, like she was like kind of like happy, bubbly, and bouncy all over. But and never disclosed to us any abuse, but disclosed it to mom and apparently told the doctor the same thing. So really, that that was not um particularly fun. No, what the fuck, dude? To do who's the offender? Uh, uh allegedly her dad. All right now, I'm going to ask you a question, and this okay. is not. This is from my experience on the job. Was this a Hispanic family? Yes. Okay. This is not an uncommon practice in that no, culture. No, I mean. And I don't want to just call every, not every person. No, no, no. But it is prevalent. And yeah, often. I mean, I, and I've seen these things, you know, before. It's not my first. Rodeo? You know, child's, my child's sexual assault, but that I've you know, responded to or written about. So, but uh, that was, that wasn't fun. Uh, so that was really depressing. Yeah. And then, uh, to bring it back to the funny side, right? Oh, that's okay. We're, we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to pivot hard. Um, flip a bitch. Yeah. So, uh, on Saturday, so my Saturdays are really rough, uh, especially this week. Annie was out of town at a homeschooling uh, conference. So my mother-in-law was in town to watch the kids while I worked. And we had a baseball game that we had to do on Saturday morning. Uh, my son had a martial arts demonstration performance right before I had to leave for work. And then I had to leave for work. <laughs> yeah. And then the night prior to that, so like Friday night was the night of the, previous case that I just talked about. Okay. So I didn't get home to like four thirty, five o'clock. I had to be up at eight Ugh, again. So yeah. Oh man. So get up, do all the things, go to work, get in the car with the recruit. And I say, Hey, we're going to go to Togo's. Is that a food place? It's a sandwich place. It's uh, a national chain. We're going to talk about food now. Cause I'm starving. I mean, no, the, the, this ties into it. Okay. Because I, I look around and go, because uh, one, super tired, and two, hungry. So we're going to go get food before we do anything else. Drive. We're driving down the street. and I look down at my phone for a second, and she goes, oh, my God. She goes, that's a naked lady. Where? Where? And, which, of course, I go, like, wait, what are you talking about? Right. Where? Is she, she driving? Oh, she's driving. Yeah, she's driving. All right. She started driving this week, so I'm like looking back. Oh yeah, she's naked. And then my buddy, who's like a couple car lengths ahead of us, calls me. I answer. I go, yeah, we we see her. We're <laughs> we're on our way. We're gonna we're gonna go deal with that. You want to come? You want to come with? It's like yeah. So we jump out of the car, and this chick I is butt ass naked. Not even no shoes, no nothing. Nothing is covered. Question. Answer. Um. Is she just walking it down a sidewalk, a street, or is she sitting at a bench? Is she doing um, sit-ups? Is she doing cartwheels? She is taking walking a Walking down on the sidewalk. 
on a sidewalk of a major road and nobody had called yet. Wow. And she's holding about a 750 milliliter bottle of good old Jack Daniels. And that bitch is about 75% gone. Ugh. So <laughs> we flip, we light her up. And of course, because I'm the FTO, I'm the first one out of the car. <laughs> and the only thing I could think to say was just, hi, what you doing? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> what you doing? I love talking to people like, like that. Well, it's about damn time you guys show up. Where have you been for the last four hours? I'm like, oh, no, this is going to take a really dark turn. No, take a really dark she's turn. She's 1096. No, no, no. Like, please don't say that she's been sexually assaulted or kidnapped or anything bad. Just, just, just be crazy. Please just be crazy. And then the recruit finally, you know, is done putting the car in park and undoing the seatbelt and getting what out. I'm like three quarters of the way through this call. <laughs> Already handling it. And then she starts talking to her and she raises up the bottle of Jack Daniels and I go for the taser. I'm like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get fried. And then she throws it to the side. And then I went, huh. Oh, I was going to have to do paper <laughs> for use of force. Well, I guess I'll let her write the crazy person report. So did we take her somewhere in our police car? Uh, well, we put her in the police car where we tried to figure out who she was. But hold on, I, uh, another question. Answer. Yes, um, Mike. You did you put down like a towel or some no. type of protective garment that wouldn't corrode your back seat? No, we have her plastic ass. back seats. Okay. We, we have like hard plastic. Yeah, we used back to have seats. those. Well, actually, we we have them now. We used to have actual in our Crown like Vicks. Cloth? In our Crown Vicks, we had the pleather, fake leather. Ugh. But you. And then you'd have to take the, the whole bench seat out at the beginning of every shift because it came out, and you could check for weapons and then put it back in. Yeah, that's yeah. no. Now we have the hard plastic. We have hard plastic, and then the floorboards and the back seat have like a little drain plug. Very smart. So, okay. <laughs> because somebody else peed in another person's car this week, and it was just sloshing around, <laughs> apparently. Oh, my God. Uh, but once we finally figured out who she was, I guess she had tried to uh, commit suicide on the 4th of July. And I'd used like a hacksaw on her wrist. Jeez. Did you show her the proper yeah. way of doing it? Length yeah. I was like, you're, you're going for attention here. Right. This is how we this get way. results right, right. here. Yeah. Like just, I mean, I'm not encouraging suicide, but if you're going to do something, do it right. Right. That's what my dad always uh, taught me. Anyways, if you are experiencing thoughts of suicide, please dial 988. It's the National Suicide Hotline. And it is live today. All right. Disclaimer. Now we can't be sued. <laughs> Michelle's going to be thrilled with this episode. <laughs> Driver back and suicide together as a team. Yeah. And child sexual assaults. Right. She's going, I'm going to review my, subscri- my uh, like, sponsorship I program. I think I want to continue this sponsorship. Ugh. <laughs> uh. But yeah, she ended up going to the hospital because she was picking at the stitches and stuff. But I, I looked at the recruit and I go, so you want to do police work, huh? This is just the beginning. I go, because she started her week with a crazy naked lady. Oh, what's well, a good way to end it then? Yeah, and then she ended it, her week with ended. a crazy naked lady. And I was like, hey, and she, this poor kid, she's got nothing but like weird or complex cases. That's how we learn, right? I guess. I'm even there sitting there going like, this is a fucking tough one. <laughs> this is challenging me. 
So that was that was kind of my week in a nutshell. Uh, we did have a an officer in the area um, shot. I don't like the way that their department put it out. Um, the the way their press release was was that some someone shot at one of their officers. Right. That's what I th- and then I later read. on in the press release is like. Yeah, he's you know he went to a local hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. I'm like, hold on, that means he was shot, not shot at. He right. was shot. There's a difference. So I guess he took one in the arm and uh, the vest. Uh, he's already been discharged. In, he was discharged from the hospital that night. Okay. Uh, but thank God. From from what I understand, um, five years on, was working a DUI overtime car. Okay. Which we have and a lot of. Yeah, and then uh, this piece of shit uh, decided he was going to take two shots at him. Uh, this guy was in custody less than 24 hours later after a brief foot pursuit with U.S. Marshals. How did the Marshals get involved? I don't know. That's interesting, right? Yeah, be, I mean, I know they pulled in our uh, covert response team to do a workup on the guy and to help with the apprehension, but it seems like at least in this area, if it involves like current or former law enforcement, the marshals get involved because there was the um, the murder in Oakland of the um, TV security guy Kevin yeah. Ishida. Yeah. So he's former PD, and then right. uh, that that suspect was apprehended by U.S. marshals too. So I'm kind of huh. I'm thinking that if it if it involves law enforcement, that the marshals kind of okay. take a very active role. Although I can say that if it were to happen in my agency, we would probably just handle it ourselves because we're big enough to. Because um, Mountain View PD is really small. Oh yeah, no. It's it, from what I understand, like most of the county was involved in helping. Okay. But that happened uh, Friday, I think. Right as we were unloading, I saw a bunch of the sheriff's cars go screaming around. I'm like, huh? I wonder what's going on. Yeah. Because oh. they don't usually do much. The sheriffs? <laughs> like, um, Yeah, like unless it's big, you don't really see them uh, flying around with their lights and sirens on. I actually had so. to call the woodpecker police myself last night or this morning, oh. however that works. <laughs> so how, how's, uh, how was your week, Mike? I've got so much stuff on this list that I want to talk okay. about over the next you, coming you weeks. I said because over the I next could, couple of weeks. I could do an entire show with just my right. calls. I've got stuff on here that's <laughs> old that we need to get to at some point. But um, So do you have Woodpecker Police by you? And that would be Forest Preserve Police. County no. Forest Preserve. Do you even have Forest we, Preserves out by you? Yeah, we have like parks. We have park rangers, and then we have like state park rangers. But Well, park rangers are I different from I don't forest deal preserves. with them. Well, I don't fucking... No, not so, in my area. We don't we don't have like forest preserve stuff. Okay. We have it's being in Cook County, which is one of the largest counties in this United States, there's a lot of parks that the county Sorry, my my ceiling's squeaking. I think my son just came home. Um so we have a lot of county parks and our town specifically where I work tons of woods. That's where I get to see like 30 deer a night and all this other bullshit. So anything that happens from the curb into the woods is county. So like two weeks ago, we get a call of a fight in the progress, a fight in progress in this. So if, if you're driving up one of our main roads, there's a little turn in. So it has a parking lot for cars and then a picnic table in a forest preserve area that's all cleared of trees. And then the trees with the trail that goes along the river and all this other stuff. 
anything in there is forest preserve jurisdiction. So two weeks ago, we get the call of a, a fight in progress. One man has a gun, and my buddy, who's the, our lieutenant, he's working the DUI detail, like you had just mentioned, and this other officer. So he happens to be in that area, and I start flying up there, and he and I get there about the same time. And they have the Forest Preserve police that already come and put a chain up across the gate so cars can't get in there because it was in the evening. It had to be like 8 o'clock at night. And uh, so Jim and I drive up over the curb and under the grass and then jump out, and we, we get a description of the offender, a description of the victim, and we can't find the offender. Someone says the offender is a white male wearing a pink shirt, and he got in a silver BMW. Just south of this Forest Preserve district turn-in place, picnic area, is a banquet hall. So one of our guys is coming up, and there's a, a male white with a pink shirt getting in a BMW, and he comes right up to him with a squad, you know, and points a gun at him. And the guy was just leaving the banquet hall. T- takes him at gunpoint? Takes him at gunpoint. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going towards the victims, and we realize who these victims are. Just fucking shitbags that we have that are heroin, us- heroin users that we've been dealing with, like, for years. A woman and her son, and then that woman's boyfriend, who was missing. He was the third person that was missing. And it, it turns out, we think, that he called it in, and then he picked this random person coming out of a banquet hall as he was leaving for us to stop that guy, because this guy doesn't have a car. He walks everywhere. So he just pointed out some random Joe Blow walking out of a banquet hall as a suspect. So anyways, we, we find out who it is. And someone's saying that the guy ditched a gun in the woods. So Dan and I start walking in the woods in this clearing. And then Dan looks off to his left and sees this fucking tent city. There's a big tent and a picnic table and a patio with chairs. And, a, and it's these ship bags who got kicked out of an apartment area by us. They're now living in the forest preserves. So for some reason, the Cook County Forest Preserve police uh, female had to come back. We didn't call her yet. We were going to because this all happened on their property. So she shows up. She asked one of us if we could stick around because she's by herself and she doesn't, you know, she want to get overpowered by these assholes. So that's what the Forest Preserve Police come and do. They handle these types of things that happen in the woods, even though it's, you know, anywhere from 10 feet from our major road. Later that night, the guy who was the victim, one of the druggies, we get a call of a male walking on the, into the street near a bus stop. And I fly up there, and it's this shitbag who had just done some heroin, and he's, like, doing the nod. He's, he grabs onto this cl- enclosure where you sit for a bus, and he's just holding onto it. And I show up, and I say his name, and he's like, I'm looking for a purse. And I get him to sit down on the bench while I call an, an ambulance, and he's doing the whole nod thing. He's, almost, he's sitting, and his head's almost hitting the ground because he's nodding forward, and I'm picking him back up, and then he's going all the way down, back down to the ground. So I saw him last night. So it ties in together with having to call the woodpecker police. Uh, last night I get the call of a woman who's passed out in the woods near a well because we have these natural spring water wells where people come and fill up gallons, jugs for water. And uh, they're trying to put water on her to revive her. They drag her to the fucking well, and then they're pumping the well. And, and they're waterboarding her. Waterboarding her. 
So I'm the first, Tell us what you know. I'm the first car there, and I show up, and I can't. It's pitch black. It's like, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. or No, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, actually. So I use my spotlight over by the well, and they're all gathered over there. And there's the two ship bags from two weeks ago, the guy who was the heroin bus, bus rider and his mom, and then a juvenile and his mom who's passed out. And she's, she's, we've been dealing with her, too, for many years. So I grabbed my Narcan out of my bag. I finished eating my goldfish as I'm pulling up. <laughs> they're I mean, waving. They're I f- do love my fishes because they're so <laughs> right, delicious. So delicious. They're frantically waving at me. Reach over, grab my Narcan, take one out, start walking over there. I'm walking towards them at about the space of the new Batman as he comes out of the <laughs> tunnel as the guys are beating up the... The gang's beating up the Asian dude. Just slow steps. And they're like waving at me. And I'm like yelling. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm waiting for EMS to show up. So I finally make it all the way over there. And I see who it is. And I'm like, I'm like, what'd she take? And her kid's like, I don't know. You know, Coke, crack, Xanax. I'm like, all right. Roll her over on her back. I'm about to give her a chest rub and see if she's alive before I Narcan her. And then once he tells me what she took, well, that Narcan doesn't work on that. So I just flash my bright light in her face, and then she opens her eyes. So I'm like, oh, I don't have to deal with her. EMS is coming. And then I notice the ankle bracelet because she's on house arrest. <laughs> she's also homeless. So I don't know how a house arrest works when you're homeless, but I said to the kid, don't you guys live over on you know, such and such a street anymore? He said, no, yeah. they, f- they kicked us out because we haven't paid our rent in two years. And I thought to Jeez. myself, oh, good. But how'd you end up back here in my town again? And uh, so here's what the, the fire department. I love those guys most of the time. <laughs> they show up. They get her on a cot. Now there's one guy who doesn't like to do much on the fire department or the EMS ambulance. It's always one. And he says to me, hey, Mike, she's got an ankle bracelet. And I go, I don't fucking care. It's not ours. She's not even in our t- She's county's problem first of all i just they, their their officers have like an 80 mile jurisdiction and they're by themselves so it's going to take them a while to get there so they didn't want to take her to the hospital he wanted someone to go with a police officer because she had an ankle bracelet and i'm like no that's not how it works it's not it our ankle bracelet it's the county's problem i don't give a shit if she's got an ankle bracelet so then i said to them her 17 year old son has to go with he's not allowed i go hold on a second here's two homeless people one's 17 his mom's going to the hospital, and you're going to leave him here in the woods. Yeah, yeah. he can't go with. What? I don't it's understand how, that can't go, how he can't go to the hospital with his mom. So I called dispatch. I'm like, please call the county. Let them know we have this 17-year-old here, and I'll just sit here and wait for them. And he can, he's hanging out with two fucking heroin users, so I can't leave him. And then they're like, oh, we'll hang out with them. And I'm like, great. That's good. Thanks. And the guy... Who's the heroin user? You guys are user. so responsible. He's like, you guys, you guys saved my life last time I saw you at the bus stop. I go, have you learned anything? I'm sober no. ever since. And I'm like, you're so full of shit, dude. That's so full of shit. <laughs> so I'm waiting for the Forest Preserve police to come. We only have three guys, you know, four guys on the street. And uh, luckily it was a Sunday slash Monday morning. So normally we're not that busy. But I asked the kid, like, where's your dad? He's like, oh, he's. He's working at a coffee shop, like a coffee shop at three in the morning. He goes, yeah, you, 
I can go, I can take the, the bus there. I said, no, man, you're 17. I, I turn 18 in two weeks. I'm thinking to myself, thank God. Cool. I wish it was two weeks later. <laughs> right. But thank God, because everything this kid's going to do in the future is going to come back to haunt him. Finally, come back. So I, I called my boss. I'm like, listen, man, I can drive this kid to his dad's. It's like eight minutes from here, 10 minutes in the city. He's like, all right, go ahead. Instead of waiting for the county to show up, because who knows when they were going to be there. So I shoot this kid over to his father's. Uh, mm. It's in Chicago. I'm looking for the coffee shop. I get the address. It's on my GPS. I look to the right, and it says, like, All-American. It's like a club for Greeks. Like, a not a men's club, because that would be, like, boobs and stuff. It's like a social club. Yeah, it's like a social club, like Tony Soprano would have had in Satriales, in the back of Satriales. But for, so, like, with boobs and stuff. No, that's not... <laughs> Not the strip club. Satriales was the pork you, store. You mean to tell me there ain't no boobs in there? You mean to tell me there were no boobs in the back of Satriales? I didn't see many back there during the show. Yeah, there were boobs in there. I'm not talking about the guys that are boobs. No, no, no. I'm talking about titties. Okay. So I, I knock on the door. The, we have to go around the corner in the alley and knock on the door. It's like a secret code thing. <laughs> I, I'm like, what am I getting myself into? Either way, it's just an assistant at their agency, and I'm not taking this kid back with me. So he knocks on the door, and this old Greek guy answers the door, and he's, as soon as he sees this kid, and it's his son. But this guy's got to be, like, in his late 100. 70s. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking old. And this kid's six, 17. So I'm thinking mom, who's a dope addict, criminal, probably had sex with this guy at some point 17 years For ago. For dope. For dope. And uh, he goes, get this fucking piece of shit away from me, in his thick Greek accent. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is your son. Guess what? Mom's in the hospital. You get him. He's like, he threatened me to poke me with a knife yesterday, and he punched me. And I'm like, it all happened in Chicago, first of all. <laughs> so You should call Chicago PD. Call Chicago PD. There's a squad right at the 7-Eleven over there. They might want to come over here. I said, but listen, I'm leaving, and he's yours. And he's like, no fucking way is he coming in here. Apparently, the guy's boss gave the kid $100 the day before for his mom and him to get a room at a hotel for a day or however long a hundred bucks lasts at a shitty motel, which they promptly gave to their cousin where they had been staying, who then used it on drugs. The kid told me. So end up putting the kid in this guy's car. You can sleep in the fucking car. I'm like, fine. He's with his dad. You know, I felt I'm, we're not bringing him back to our station. So I left the kid with his dad who then probably left him in a car until this morning when his mom got out of the hospital. And so the county police called me and wanted the chief or whatever their commander was at night wanted to notify DCFS. I'm like, go for it, dude. By the time that paperwork's filed, that kid's going to be 18. But here's all this information. Go ahead and start your fucking investigation. And then we used to have this guy in town. We have a lot of homeless people in the area, and we have a lot of alcoholic homeless people, of course, and we fight with them and they do crimes. And we know them all by name. So a few years ago, this one who we've been dealing with for a long time finally had so overtaken with alcohol. He had a seizure in the alley. I showed up. I bought him lunch, gave him lunch, threw him in an ambulance, and he, t- and he leaves. That was like four years ago. I haven't seen him since. Everybody thought this guy died. So I'm driving around Friday, and one of our old part-timers who's delivering food now, he's retired, he pulls up next to my squad. He goes, hey, I saw so-and-so in the park. I'm like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. He's like, yeah, he's over there. He, was, he goes to Aldi's, which is a discount shopping center. And you have to put a quarter in this shopping cart thing 
to get a cart out, cart out. Mm-hmm. And then when you put the cart back, you get your quarter back. So a lot of the homeless people will return the carts for the quarters. That's how they make money. So I think he's seen them in there. And I was on my way to go eat. I just got my coffee, 7 o'clock at night. I'm not going to deal with this guy until after I eat, my co- eat and drink my coffee. So later on at midnight, I'm just tooling around, and I go to the park where I usually see him. And there, we have a gazebo out there. And it's th- across a basketball court, and I hit my spotlight, and I see two people sitting at the gazebo. And I'm sure one of them is this guy. His first name is Mike. So as soon as I put the spotlight on them, they stand up, and then they start, like, walking away. And I'm like, I yell his last name. You better fucking stop. He goes, he's yelling back, who is it? I tell him, it's Marazzo. He stops. The other guy just fucking beats feet on a bike. He's got a bicycle. He just takes off. So this Mike stopped, and then he turned around. I said, get over here. He starts walking towards me. And I go, Mike, what are you doing, man? I thought you were dead. And he's lost like 60 pounds, and his hair is thinned out, burnt, sunburn. I said, what are you even doing here? Where have you been? What happened? So he went away and got a sober and like for 26 months, he was in a hospital or some care center in a program. But now he's got esophageal cancer, is it? Is that how you say it? Esophagus cancer. So no, he had, Yeah, like esophageal. All right. So he had come to town because he gets a stimulus check. And he'd never collected either, either of the three of them, any of the three of them. So he was huh. going to like Jackson Hewitt to get a stimulus check stuff. So he had to go to get a birth certificate. Then he had to go get a new ID. Then he had to go to the tax place. So he decided to stop and see some of his old, I would say, friends. Drug dealers? No, he was clean. Uh, but people that <laughs> he used to hang out with. Some of his old drug dealers, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was this part of the job that, you know, most he's fought us, Brandon, so much over the 20 years. And he's been a real asshole because he's been drunk his whole life. And now he's sober, and he's got cancer. So he was telling me a story. He even started crying. And I, you know, I, I was on my way to lunch, so I didn't want to stay too long. But like 40 minutes, then Dan stops over. And Dan's like, because I had called in, and I had some subjects in the park. So Dan swung by, and I said, that's just Mike. He's like, oh, hey, Mike, I thought you were died. <laughs> Sorry, this whole conversation again. And then Dan's like, You're oh. About to die. Yeah. So the, he says to me, um, he's staying in a home where... It's not an old folks home, but some type of a federally funded assistance program home. And they have rules and hours and places. He, he has to be back by 7 p.m. or whatever if they let him out. So he had asked permission to go out and get his birth certificate and do all this stuff. He said to them, I'll be late. And then he didn't show up. He, didn't, he was still with us. And he has, to go, he has to go all the way on a train down to the city, down by the lake, and then all the way north. That's really far from where we were at, probably an hour and a half train ride. So he says, um, Mike, do you mind if I borrow your phone to call the, the center? Because I, I told him I would be late, but I, I'm still about two hours away from getting back. I'm like, yeah, man, let's give him a call. I put him on speaker, and the lady answers, and it's 11 o'clock at night. No, it's 12 o'clock at night. And she's like, Mike, where are you? I called the police and reported you missing. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm okay. I told you I was going to be late. And she goes, late is like 8 p.m. It's midnight. She goes, I didn't know. And I, I said, no, I, this is Officer Marazzo. He's, he's here in Schiller Park. Oh, he's here. In, and uh, he's okay. He's, he's, he's with me. And she's like, okay, when are you coming home? He's like, I'll be home soon. 
She's like, okay, officer, I just want to make sure he's okay. I'm like, no, he's okay. She's like, okay. So he goes, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. I'll get, he has to walk up to the town north of us to take the train. He goes, he goes I'm going to start walking. I go, all right. And I start walking away. And he goes, Mike, can you give me a ride? I'm like, yeah, man, come on, jump in the car. So he gets in the back seat and he goes, you're not going to fucking take me to the police department, are you? I go, no, because I thought you were going to arrest me. I go, why would I arrest you? I haven't seen you in like five years. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting in the park after closing. He's not even drinking. He goes, oh, thank you. So we shoot up, and he's telling me he's, he's got a daughter. You know, all these people that are homeless have stories, right? And we deal with them so much, and we get to dis- start to despise them, right? Because we're so cynical, and our profession leads us down this path where Although we care about people, when you start dealing with the same people over and over and over, it just it wears on you, and you kind of forget that they're human too until, you know, something like this happens. So actually, I drove him to the train station and then spent like 20 more minutes just outside the squad. We were just hanging out, talking, and uh, just finding out what his aftercare was. He had chemo, all that kind of stuff, and what he was going to be doing. And he's like, I'd like to call you at some point. I ever need anything or and I gave my phone number which I never normally do to anybody and uh he called me the next day I was sleeping <laughs> hey Mike it's so and so I'm like oh boy here we go <laughs> hey Mike it's Mike yeah so anyways that was you know the short of my uh few things that happened in the last few weeks but I don't know I just wanted to say that even though we deal with a bunch of assholes all the time they're still people. Sometimes I need a reminder of that myself personally. And I wish more of some of the people I know that do our job, you know, would realize that. Cause I know about 70% of the people I work with, if they had seen this guy in the park, probably would have arrested him for one for being in the park and not even spent a minute to hear him out or even give him a ride. So uh, whatever, I guess what goes around comes around. So I, I, I always want good karma coming back. So I try and give out good karma if it's possible. But All right. Blah, blah, blah. Mike, Mike helped the homeless guy. <laughs> so. No, it, it's true. Like, I have one from in a, when I was working at Monterey. I arrested a former classmate of mine. Now, granted, Monterey is roughly two, two and a half hours from where we went to school. <laughs> wow. And, uh, she gave my, she like shoplifted from like a CBS or something. And then I, being an FTO, I put out the, a really detailed description to include the type of shoes. And that's what did her in. Oh, so my, so my buddy arrests her and, uh, she gives him some bullshit name. Like it ended up being her sister's name. And I go walking into the interview room because it's a super small agency and you're going to do the follow up interview. Yeah. <laughs> and she just drops her head. She goes, man, I never would have thought yeah. that I would be arrested by somebody that I went to high school with. And my FTO looks at me. I look back at him. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. Nice. <laughs> then she gives me her real name. I'm like, that actually does sound vaguely remembered. Anyway, she's got like a felony warrant for stealing cars and for a bunch of like dope charges and stuff. And 
uh, enough to where we're going to have to take her to the county jail in Salinas, which is roughly 25, 30 minutes away. So basically, we got time to chit-chat right. on the way. And I, I think I just said, like, what happened? And she tells me this whole story. She's like, you know what? I used to work for Cal Fire, which is like our state um, kind of firefighting service. Deals with all the major wildfires in okay. California. And she goes, yeah. She goes, I was working for Cal Fire. Got hurt. Got hooked on the pain pills, which then turned into a heroin addiction. And then I started stealing cars. To fuel that. To feed, to fuel the heroin. She goes, and then she goes, but I think this is rock bottom. Mm. She's like, I'm done. Like somebody I know arrested me. Like, what the fuck am I doing? And about six months later, she sent me a friend request on Facebook. Really? And we're Facebook friends. Wow. And she's back working for Cal Fire. And by all indications has been clean and sober since that night. And that's about Holy four shit, or dude. five years ago. That's a good story. So. Very good story. See, I I don't know. People that want to change and have a chance to, and they're giving, given a, a chance to hope, you know, it's good to see those success stories. Not everybody wants help. No, because then you have the homeless people that are, there's a homeless guy in Monterey. His name's Buddy. It's like 50 or 60. And he's in his 60s now, I think. Um, chronic alcoholic, diabetic. Uh, part of his probation says he cannot use or possess alcohol. And his mom owns a home in Monterey, and this guy chooses to be homeless and use and abuse alcohol. Right. I'm like, eh, I got nothing for you, dude. Those are the kind. Those are the people that I'm like, I do no. Yeah, well, they the they have a, an issue up here too, you know. So uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they don't. I don't know. Anyways, so all right, we have. Uh, all right, let's really depress people, Mike. Well, it's a big number this week. It is. <laughs> I've well, got you got the three yeah, and I've, the helicopter crash. You got one four. that just came through today. That one. I think there's one before. On my list here, uh, we ended with the Detroit police officer last week. Yeah. And there's only four after him. Let me see what I got. It just maybe seems like it's. There might be more like that more. they're going to pop up, you know. Yeah, all right, yeah, it's just the three plus the uh, Louisiana guy. Yeah. So I was going to do a hero of the week. First, I just wanted to mention, can you tell people what your uh, what the San Francisco Giants did? So every so often, they all the kind of major teams around here will do like a law enforcement appreciation night. And they've done a couple of them where they'll honor like fallen officers. The White Sox uh, do and that they, about three times a year. Yeah. And then, uh, so the Giants recently did one for uh, the Salinas police officer that was killed in the line of duty. And they have usually members from that department come out. They line the outfield with, like, usually the motorcycles and stuff. And they do the whole little wee-woo-wee-woo thing with the lights. And uh, it's it's a really cool thing that they do, um, especially in a town that is right. not super supportive. Although they are coming to their senses because they recalled uh, that retard uh, – Chelsea Boudin. Good. So he's no longer the district attorney. There's a new lady in there, and she's like, it's on like Donkey Kong. Good. Criminals beware. I'm coming after you. Yeah, so it, it was a cool thing. I like it when, you know, my favorite team does something cool like that. 
Yeah, you know, my favorite team in football is the Cowboys, as you know. And after the Dallas officers were murdered, they wore, you know, their numbers, badge numbers. And then yeah. a, a sticker, which the NFL wouldn't let them wear during the regular season because the NFL is a bunch of fucking hypocritic fucks. But anyways. It's the No Fun League. God forbid you honor fallen heroes, actual heroes. No, no, you got to put like... Uh... Criminal names on the back of the helmet, like Brianna Taylor. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. Someone's going to get pissed because she was a criminal. Sorry. Yeah, she was. It's just a fact. Right. Just read up on it. Read the facts. You'll see that she's a criminal. Read the search warrants. Yep. There's a reason why she was named in them. All right. Uh, I guess we'll do the law enforcement officer down memorial page now, which you can find at OM odmp.org if you want to follow along. I was going to say OMDB, which is the movie <laughs> website that I go to every day. <laughs> no, that's day. IMDB. IMDB. It's all confusing. The There's so thing. many letters. I do the same thing. Yeah. ODMP, not IMDB. OMDP.org if you want to follow along. And I mean, with OB, ODP, yeah, you know me. I'm down with that. All right. <laughs> okay, just be serious, Mike. This is serious. I am serious. So there was a helicopter crash on the 16th of the week, two days ago. I think it was two days ago. And the name of the county is the Bernalio, Bernalio County Sheriff's Office in New Mexico. And three officers died in this crash. So I'm going to list their names and end of watch. And then... uh, tell you what happened because I just want to go to the one of the pages for the description but under sheriff Larry Corin of the Berna, Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office in New Mexico his end of watch was Saturday July 16th 2022 from the helicopter crash under sheriff Corin I was going to get his age and tour of duty but it is not listed on here Uh, so their helicopter metro 2 crashed near las vegas uh, new mexico rescue specialist matthew king of the bernalillo county fire department was also killed in the crash and metro 2 the helicopter itself was returning to albuquerque after assisting fire crews at the east mesa fire They were returning to Albuquerque after conducting bucket drops when the crash occurred at 7.20 p.m. Lieutenant Fred Beers was also on that chopper. And Lieutenant Beers, they're also not listing his age and tour of duty, nor who he left behind. Maybe because this just happened, they don't have that information. But the third officer was Deputy Sheriff Michael Levinson. They both look pretty young, the uh, deputies. So those three perished uh, during this crash of the helicopter. And the fourth officer not in a helicopter is Police Officer Brian Olif of the Natchitoches, Natch, Natch, Natchitoches uh, Police Department in Louisiana. I'm probably saying that wrong, and I apologize. Uh, he passed away on Sunday, July 17, 2022, from heat stroke. It was a heat-related 
heat-related medical event while working in the city's downtown district. He had served with the Natchitoches Police Department for 20 years and concurrently served with their parish, parish sheriff's office. He previously served with the Sabine Parish Sheriff's Office. He is served by his wife. Uh, served. He is survived by his wife and three sons. One of his sons also serves with the Parish Sheriff's Office. He was 52 years old. And there are no canines. So four this this week that were listed on here, but three via suicide in the Chicago Police Department. Yep. So anybody that is having issues right now and thinking about suicide, please dial 988. It is a national number that just went into effect. Call immediately. There is help out there for you. There are other options, even though sometimes it doesn't look like there are. All right, we have a question for law enforcement, a law enforcement question from superfan David Franklin. And the question reads, regardless of department policy or funding, what would your go-to less lethal be? So if you can choose any less lethal weapon, what would it be? I think it would depend on the situation, right? Like there's sometimes that a taser is going to work better than you know, a baton or something like that. So I think they each have their own thing. But if I had like perfect world, I can use whichever I want. The less lethal I want is the uh, 40, the 40 millimeter foam baton impact projectile. Foam baton? Yeah. So basically it shoots a 40 millimeter projectile. That's foam, right? Uh, I know the media around here liked to call it a rubber bullet. Uh, okay. It's not a rubber bullet. It's a foam projectile. Projectile. They actually call it a foam baton projectile. I don't know why they call it a foam baton projectile, but whatever. It's about 40 millimeters in diameter, and it shoots out of this tube, and it is a pain compliance thing, and it is very effective. I love the 40 mil. I've seen I, I've seen a crazy person eat four beanbag shotgun rounds and just be like, no, nah, good. And then finally got bored of us hitting her with it. And it was like, fine, I'll stop. But right. not because not from this. I'm just bored. Um, I think the baton's an underrated thing too. Like the hard wood baton. Yeah. I, the old fashioned versus one. the ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I All like right. me the 40 mil. What about you, Mike? What's yours? Uh, mine would be actually from Sage control ordinance. It's a, weapon called an SL6. It looks like a grenade launcher. It's got a barrel that launches the huge like polyurethane type of projectiles. Like a it's like a fist that comes flying at you and you can only shoot it in certain parts of the body because if you hit somebody in the head with it you can kill them obviously. But we uh, if you look up uh, sage control ordinance less less lethal. It sounds a lot like my 40 mil. Yeah. It does. You just have the specific brand. When you say, (laughs) so you you break it open, right? And you you turn the barrel that locks, and then you load your projectiles in there, and then you have to push the middle button and unwind it manually so it doesn't snap back? Well, ours is only, it's a single shot. 
Oh, I think okay. I think when I worked in Monterey, we had something where it had like a drum in there. Yeah, like the old school six shooter, and then it has like a foregrip, and then you use that to pump yeah. it. It's like thunk, thunk, thunk. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. That's one of my. I didn't ever. Yeah. I've never got to deploy one yet. We train with them every year. We have this rubber man that hangs on a and just stands target. out there, and we, it's actually like a flat piece of rubber. It's not even. Oh wow! Like, it's not the full body punching one. It's a flat rubber silhouette, and we have to aim for forearms, arms, and legs. thighs. Yeah. Four arms and thighs. A, uh, you can't do a tummy shot? No. It'll kill you. Oh, man. Yeah, it wouldn't. If you're like right up on the person. It, it Anyways, <laughs> my department's being sued for our, um, we'll call it enthusiastic use oh. of that during the 2020 riots. Okay. Just many units use those things and spray we, rubber we batons. We sent a lot of rounds in Wow. There. Uh, but no, they're cool. Like you can use them to um, fire off like um, like CS gas canisters or okay. you know, riot control things. You can like they're dual purpose. Like, they make rounds like for that. Okay. Um, not that I think we use those, but yeah, I'm big fan. There, of there, those. There's yeah. Um, I know one thing that we didn't talk about. Maybe we can either get into it now or we can uh, save it for next week. Okay. But recently, um, additional footage was released from the uh, Uvalde school shooting uh, with a more accurate timeline and um, video to go with a lot of the images. So if you want, we can talk about that or we can save that for next week because I got a feeling we're going to both have a lot to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think we should save it for next week. Um, Okay, we'll just make that our law enforcement section. Yeah, unless we ha- unless one of us has a crazy call. <clears throat> no, that sounds like a a good plan, uh, because that's in the national news right now, and yeah, even though and it's I mean, going to be a week later, that's fine. We can. Yeah, I mean that gives us a chance to fully dive into. It. I haven't had a chance to fully dive into it yet, but um, I'm really interested to get a better understanding of the timeline. But from what small clips I have seen, it's um it's worse than we thought. Yeah, I try putting myself in that position, and we'll talk about it next yeah. week. Um, so I just sent you a picture of the weapon I'm talking about. It actually has a red dot on it, which is not in the picture. You know, we have a, the site for it. Yeah. Red dot site. Um, all right, so what, I, what we're going to do is switch over to the woodworking portion of the show in a minute because I'm going to go use the bathroom. So Brandon can talk about whatever. Or I'll just delete all we'll this. Be, stuff. I'm, I'm just gonna go pee too. Right. We'll be back. We'll be back after, after uh, these messages. After, after these messages from Driver Back. Right. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, have you had any new projects that you've started in the uh, world of woodworking? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've gotten nothing. No, so it's it's been it's been busy around here, and I think we kind of talked about it a little bit uh, last week. I really haven't had a chance to get out in the shop, and I've noticed a, a difference in my attitude. So I actually am getting a chance to go in there tomorrow to just fiddle fart around and, and try to try to do something out there to improve my mood. But like today, took the kids out to the park. Um, because we're getting ready to start the next year of homeschooling. So Annie wants to get the homeschool area kind of situated 
So kids came with me for most of the day so she could kind of organize and get that stuff ready. So question. Answer. When you're doing homeschooling, do you get to pick the dates of when it starts and stops or it has to be done by a certain time in the calendar year per the regulations? So for us, um, I think the way we're doing it is really smart. <laughs> we are technically going through a charter school, but it is home-based. So Annie has a, they're called an education specialist that basically supervises her and is a resource for her to ask questions to and all of that so that when so that she has some guidance. Um, so in that aspect, technically we don't, we start school on like August 22nd or something like that. Um, but like if for some reason the kids just aren't feeling it on a random Wednesday, right? you don't have, nothing says like, oh, you have to be doing school until like 2.30. Okay. You can just be like, look, you guys are not focused. We're done at noon. We're like, okay. we're done now. Um, but it's cool because we get educational funds per kid to spend on like curriculum and okay and supplies, uh, and, supplies stuff? and stuff okay so That's we just help. basically it, it yeah so you submit a purchase order through your education specialist and then you get the stuff okay uh, versus we did a year where we straight up just did homeschool on our own and we had to foot the bill for all of it and holy shit <laughs> really <laughs> that gets pricey how did you find I mean, out about this other thing where you would get uh, so paid back. That's a hundred. That's a hundred percent. Annie, she did a deep dive into like, there's got to be something better. And then she found this, and she's been running with it ever since. And the kids are going to probably continue to do this for the foreseeable future. And when they start getting to the higher grade levels, then we got to make a decision on: right. do you go back to regular school or do we keep keep doing this? Can you homeschool through high school and everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It makes it, I think it makes it difficult with like extracurricular activities like sports and stuff. Right. Granted, my oldest is nine, about to be 10. Like I, I don't know what the hell he, if he's going to stick with baseball or soccer or football or whatever, or have it be to where that's something that could pay for his college. So I don't, I, I see that as a, a problem that we don't have yet, but it's something that we may need to start thinking about if he, if he sticks with it and continues to improve. And the same thing with my daughter and her stuff. And then who knows about the, the third one. Right. Number, number three. So, but, uh, I think tomorrow, cause I have an idea for a, um, a law enforcement themed sign. Cause I've been getting into, I've been kind of going down the sign rabbit hole. hole. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I get so many ideas. So I've got a I've got an idea that I think I'm going to try out tomorrow, um, which by the time this airs will already have been a thing, and maybe right, maybe it'll be a flash giveaway or maybe it'll just go up on a wall in the house. Who knows? I don't know yet. But uh, there's I, I've got some serious ones, some religious ones, some movie themed ones, funny stuff that I'm percolating in the brain that I got to, that I want to get put onto wood. And, um, Oh, I actually just, I have a charcuterie board I have to make. Oh, awesome. Well, I don't have to make, I get to make it. <laughs> okay. Is it for a uh, customer? Yeah. So it's for, uh, a homeschooling friend that Annie went to this conference with. 
um, it's like a, it's supposed to be like for a baguette, a, a French like a baguette board. Okay. So it like, she wants it long and skinny. Okay. So that's cool. I gotta start thinking about that. And then what I want to, she goes basically like you pick whatever it should be made out of. I'm like, sweet. I like your style. <laughs> I want to turn one of those cutting boards into a charcuterie board for my niece, Lexi. You just call it a charcuterie board. Yeah, but it has to be, <laughs> right, I have to cut a shape out of it or something? No, you don't. You put handles on it? You don't have to. You just put it like that, charcuterie board. I I swear to God, I've seen okay. things are like, oh, it's a really thin cutting board. They're like, charcuterie board. I'm like, oh, shit, all right, cool. That's what I did one year. I had, like, these chunks of walnut that, like, I couldn't make into really anything else given the tools that I had at the time. Yeah. So I just drew designs on them and cut them out with a jigsaw and then sanded them down, rounded over the edges. Yeah. Chicuterie board. (laughs) That just happened. (laughs) Merry Christmas, mother truckers. Maybe I'll do that then. So, but I did pick up a bunch of paint and primer to kind of test out on what I like. And then I still need to do the garden window with all the epoxy, but it's been hot and I don't want to risk it like curing too fast and getting issues with it. So I'm trying to wait for kind of the weather to equalize a little bit. Okay. I I see that there's no kitchen island slash vanity in your in your shop anymore. Anywhere in my house. I, what's uh, uh what's going on there? Thursday. Is it done? Eh, I wish I could say it was finished. It's actually delivered. So Thursday, it's today is Monday. So last Thursday I delivered it to the client and uh I do this in the evening, right? So I have to wait till my truck comes home because we have one car at the moment. One's not working. So the wife takes the truck to work. So when she came home, I had to wait for her. And then I'm like, hey, do you want to go with? This should be a quick thing. It's the first thing. It's a mistake. <laughs> Famous last Famous words. Famous last lines. Quick thing. All I got to do is install an island. You should just be in and out. 20 minutes tops. Yeah. I go maybe an hour. It's like 30-minute drive, hour install. 30 minutes back. And I don't like to keep her out or up on weeknights because she gets up early and it's, she's not sleeping well. She's like, yeah, I'll go. I'm like, all right, cool. And we hadn't eaten dinner yet because I had just got up. So we we're going to have to eat dinner at some point. So I cruise out there and I bought a bunch of different uh, ceramic bits for my drill because I have to drill through the ceramic tile and then through the cement board into the subfloor uh, in four locations, because I'm going to put a two-by-four at each end, and then the island slides over that, and you screw through the island into the two-by-four on the ends, you know. Yeah. So I bought all new drill bits, and then I brought my corded Craftsman drill, because that's the strongest drill I have. And we, her husband helps me get it into the um, kitchen, and my client was trying to figure out where she wanted it exactly. So we must have moved it around forward, backward, side to side, you know, probably for about 20 minutes with a tape measure figuring out if she can squeeze through this side when it's when the countertop's on it and all that other stuff. So finally we get it all marked out and we get it measured and I draw a lines on the floor on the tile with a pencil at each end so I know where to set it. And I had measured, it was really hard. After I painted it, hung the doors and all that stuff, it's sitting on two horses in the garage. I had to measure the inside diameter from one end to the other so I knew how far apart to put the two-by-fours 
had I been thinking properly, if I ever do another one, I, I would have measured that after it was framed out, before I put the corbels on it. I could have laid it down on the table here in the shop and took the measurement. It's really hard to do it when it's on a horse and you're on the ground and you got to stick the tape measure up over the horse to the inside and then try, you know. But I thought I had the measurement properly. And then on top of that, I took the thickness of each end, right? It's 73 inches long. I took the thickness of each end and subtracted that from 73. That should tell you where to set the two by fours on the floor. Mm -hmm. Two by fours are round, by the way. Not, yes, they are, they're not. They're rounded. They're not square. No, that would make too much sense. They, they kind of bulge out a little bit. They're bulgy, which comes into like play a moose in this story. So first that off, for, that one's for David Miller. Okay, nice. I mark. I pre-drilled the holes in the two by four here at the shop, so everything's ready to go. I set the two by four down, but I don't know how to mark the floor location through the hole of the two by four. My center punch isn't working because it, it's too far of a drive. Yeah. So I grabbed the bit and put it through the, the top of the piece of wood and try and mark it on the floor. And it doesn't really do a great job, but I, I find it enough to work fine after a while. So I start drilling and drilling and drilling. And then I'm like, I need some water because the bit's getting hot. You know, it's smoking, getting hot. I must've been drilling the first hole for like 10 minutes. Now, I have a bad Jeez. back, if I haven't told you. I have a bad back. I just assume you do because you're a cop. <laughs> I had a bad back before <laughs> I became a police officer. So anything that requires me bending over for a long period of time and putting stress, that's not good for me. So now I'm sitting and trying to drill. That's not a good position. Then I'm kneeling. And I get one hole done, and I, the screw won't go. It's not going through the concrete board that the tile's sitting on. I get it through the tile. It's not going through the concrete board to even get to the wood subfloor. And I'm pissed. And I've got all new bits I bought, and none of them are doing a great job. And now, worst thing as a contractor, because I technically am a contractor, right? Not looking prepared. Like I bought the wrong bits, which I didn't. I bought ceramic tile bits. I forgot about concrete board underneath subfloor. So my client says, you know, let me go ask my, first of all, let me ask my husband. So he had a new bit set as well, which was basically the same thing I had. So he said, I haven't used this in five years. I'm not a handyman. I don't need this shit. You can use it, and if it works, it works fine. So I try his bit. Same thing. She goes next door to her neighbor. He's like a professional handyman. And he brings over, <laughs> are you familiar with Tapcon uh, products for drilling into no. concrete? It's uh, concrete screws, and I've used them to set. When I built this whole shop out, when you screw into concrete, you have a Tapcon drill bit that goes through the concrete, and then the concrete screw bit itself it bites into concrete. I used it also to hang this pegboard up on the concrete wall. So I didn't even think of Tapcon. It wasn't because I was thinking ceramic tile, right? That's in my head. It's on ceramic tile floor. I'm not thinking concrete. And uh, so he comes over with a Tapcon bit. So here, try this. Right through. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so finally, I set all four screws and the two two-by-fours. Now we have to pick up the, the island and set it over. So my wife's like, she wants to help. So I'm like, cool, grab that end. So she grabs it, and we get her end on, and then her end goes down, and my end's resting up on top of the two-by-four right on the edge. I'm like, well, that's not good. Did I put these holes in the wrong place? So we pick it up again, and we farting around with it for like eight minutes. I'm like, put it down. Move it off to the side. 
So I'm like, shit, I'm going to have to drill four more holes or, you know, two more holes and move a two-by-four up like a sixteenth of an inch, if that. So my wife, I start hammering it because, you know, if you get a hammer and knock it over a little bit, that might help. So I hammer both in this way from the sides towards the middle, and then we pick it up a little bit closer. So finally I'm just like, Kim goes, just unscrew them. Like not all the way, but just loosen them a little bit and give it some move movement. So sure enough, we just... I loosened all four screws just a little bit to where it just moves a little bit, and it slid right over. <coughs> now, you can't retighten them because they're oh, under no. the ca- cabinet, but then I just <clears throat> drilled four screws in, you know, two on each side. So yeah. I trimmed it out with the baseboard, which was going out to the garage, sitting on the floor, bending over the miter saw, going back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until I get it all perfect. And then it was time to do the um, base shoe. And I, when I bought the base shoe, I bought – two really long pieces to go on each long side and then a not so long piece that I could divide by two and put on the ends. That ended up being two inches short. So I got three pieces of base shoe on it and I have to go back tomorrow night to put the last piece of base shoe on then caulk it where it meets the, the, uh, the floorboard and then fill all the nail holes and then sit around and wait till that dries and then paint it. Or leave her the paint and a brush. Say, get the kind that dries in 15 minutes, put that stuff on, then do the caulking, well, then come back, and you should be able to sand it and paint it. Painter's caulk usually dries in 20 minutes, you know? So I'll – once, and then I use, um, I use mud, drywall mud, for nail holes. Just tip my finger in it, and then it you can use it either – you can sand it, which I don't really like to sand it, but you can just use a damp cloth too. And not even damp. Like you wring it out really bad and then wring it out again. And then it, that smooths it out too. So it'll take me probably an hour. Take me 10 minutes to to put the piece of trim in because I have to go back and forth to the... I don't like just to cut a piece and hope it's 73 inches. I cut one, miter it, so it meets at that corner. And then I mark it at the other end, but I mark it long. So I just make continued trips back and forth to make sure... I don't take off too much at a time because I only have one piece. So I'm not going to cut it short. One shot. Yeah. Here we go. So that's tomorrow night. And then that's done. And I had her uh, give me her t-shirt size and her husband's t-shirt size. Cause I still haven't made the shirt. So I want to make, I'm going to be making some t-shirts. I owe a few t-shirts to people. So when I did the big t-shirt order, there was a few that didn't make it out. So I have to you know, crank all that shit up one night and, uh, then I'll make a few T-shirts and send them out. So that's it. And then I so talking to you about an, needing a quick win. I started two real quick projects before I went back to work on Friday night. So Thursday night after I set that vanity, I got home. I felt like I got hit by a truck, literally, from up and down. Got home late. It turned into a, I think we got home at 1030 or 10, almost 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it was going to be a one-hour thing. My poor wife. So... I came down the shop and I was I was exhausted, but I, f- I thought it would be a great time to start knocking out a few smaller projects. So I have a, a Chicago flag that someone ordered. I cut it, burned it. Other thing, I ran out of propane tank, my big propane tank with my blowtorch. Yeah. I don't have it. I ran out. I have to get a new one. So I had to hand burn the wood for the flag on both sides and <laughs> so hard. I was so tired. My arm was killing me. So I burned that, painted up the flag, cut the stars out on the CNC. I haven't done that in a while. Um, Paint, stain them, 
that's all ready to be uh, glued up, I think. I think I'm going to polyurethane it first because I want to put together like a panel and not the big wood straps on the back. But yeah. Glue it up like a panel. And then for squeeze out, if it's polyurethane, that glue wipes right off. If I don't polyurethane it before I put it together, it'll take off some paint when I wipe off the glue because that paint is just a water-based paint. Yeah. It's going to come right up. So I think I'm going to polyurethane everything and then put it together with um, biscuits. I think. I don't know. I'm still figuring out how to hang that one. And then I started a board assigned for uh, George Vieira from Nowhere VA Woodworking. He's a sergeant, and he uh, they're having a sergeant's office re- uh, decorated or rebuilt at his police department. And he wants a sign that has words like integrity and then the word, you know, and aggressive and all this stuff he wanted on it. It's pretty cool. So, but then he said he wanted so basically a, the cop version of a uh, Pinterest sign. It might be. I don't know where he, where he got it. <laughs> Instead from. of live, laugh, love. It's like integrity, aggression. There's like seven Community? or eight, um, <laughs> seven or eight. What do you call it? sayings on there with definitions and he didn't know oh, how so he wants like integrity and then the definition of integrity service sacrifice yeah stuff like that uh he sent it to me in a word doc you know so i can yeah look uh, so default mode is aggressive and then it says we do everything with maximum effort we push ourselves hard in the face of adversity and we aggressively live our core values and then the next one's initiative and then discipline you know what you should do with uh, the maximum effort thing? Deadpool? In the O, yeah. you should the do the Deadpool logo. Deadpool logo. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, don't ask him if you can do it. Just, Just do, do it. it. Yeah. Initiative, initiative, discipline, lifetime, student, good is not enough, humility, and enthusiasm. So, And then at the top, he wants a blue line. At the bottom, he wants a blue line. So I'm going to use a bowl bit, and I might fill that uh, with, a, with blue epoxy. I think that'd be pretty cool. And the lettering that's black. Something, that's something I've wanted to do is do a blue line flag, but then like everything I use is typically like three quarters of an inch and then take something that's maybe half inch or even quarter inch and then for the blue line, do an epoxy pour. So I think that would look a real nice. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe even do like an LED strip underneath it. Clear epoxy. Yeah, well, no, do it. Do a blue one, tinted it blue. Oh, right, but and then you can do just a regular light underneath, it, and that should make that blue really stand, stand out. out. Yeah, in theory, I've thought about that too. So that's what I'm working I, on. I haven't had the balls to do it though. I've, yeah, it's got to be one of those things that you're going to do for um, advertising to see if it works. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, you'll do it, and if it works, you can advertise it and then offer it, and then maybe maybe I'll do that and then put my logo in the union. Oh, that's pretty cool. But you just put your logo here, but you show yours. Yeah, yeah, like your department. Or logo. it could just be a, like a no, no, no. I was gonna do my like full house logo. Yeah, I know you were gonna do that, but if a police officer wants it, they can put their department logo, or you know what I mean, or yeah. something. maybe I will put my department logo in there. Here's no, what I have you. to do. <laughs> I get stuck thinking about promotional items for the shop, right? Or for, for the website. Yeah. Because I have flags on my website that actually have someone's name on them, the stuff I've made. I want to make a few items to put on the website as demonstrating purposes that say your department name here. Instead of the officer's name there, it says your name and badge number. Engraved into the flag. That's what it yeah. says. Or your department name here. Because people can't 
maybe can't see. They have a hard time visualizing. Right, they're looking at Santana's flag that I did for him. And they're like, Santana with his badge number. Yeah, I don't see my name there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can physically carry it around to fire departments and, or police departments and say, this is what I do. But your your name goes here. You know, not this this is someone else's flag. Yeah, especially if you're going to do like um, like a craft show or something like that, to have those up there to, as like, this is what you can do. Right. Right. So that's an idea too. I've got 900 million ideas. All I need is time. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same way. And a lot of times it's paralysis through analysis. Right. And it's one of those, like, I just, I just need to do, I need to do something with it. So like I have a flag ready to go. It just needs a union. Like it's not sold or anything like that. Right. It's just, I thought that my buddy was going to need two. He had a sale fall through. Um, so now I basically have one ready to go for his next one, or I could right. do something with it. I've got pine to make one flag. and Pine uh, is fine. Right. Uh, I, th- I think since no one's ordered a pine flag from me, and it's just sitting over there, I might make that um, either make my example, my example flag out of it. Yeah. With your department name, or make it for the Sheriff Ivy. And then evil's not dead enough. And then send it to yeah. him from the handcuffs and sawdust podcast. That'd be know. pretty dope. Right? It's going to cost me maybe $30 or $40 for a promotional piece. Ooh. I think I know what I'm going to do with mine. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. All right, cool. Yeah, because I'm, I always want to mention these things I want to do, and I want someone to steal the idea. Yeah. No, I got, a, I got an idea. I think it's a good one. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap this puppy up. Okay. So for questions, because we have a couple things to cover here. So, Mike, don't start the outro music No, because we have to talk about our sponsor. We do have I to talk about our sponsor. The whole we, have to, we, ha- we have to remind – we already did the read. Well, we do it again at the end. We do it again. Well, don't. They only – no. You pay for one read. I feel like I have to be the CFO of this dang thing. No, it's – Mike's like, no, I'm just going to give you all the advertising in the world. No, 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 We offer a reasonable rate to sponsor an episode. You get one read. We talk about – how many times have I talked about driver back? Driver back. In, epi- in, ep- in episodes that weren't sponsored. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, driver back is, is honestly wonderful. Um, like I said before, it's the tool you didn't know that you needed. And we are giving one away this episode. Well, it'll be given away next episode, but we're telling you about it this episode. You, you'll get it. You, you enter today. You win later. Um, and what you do is you're going to send an email. Do you want – now, Mike, do you want emails or do you want DMs? They can – no, I want emails. No, no, no. One they, or the other. I want emails. One or the other. Don't it has to be – right. No, emails. They have to be emails. <laughs> okay, Emails. All right, real simple. We all do it for work. We all hate it. We get it. Whatever. Send an email to handcuffs and sawdust podcast at gmail.com. And Mike, what are they going to tell us? They're going to tell us why. First of all, as homework, you need to go to the website, driverback.com, and see the system and tell us why you want it and why you deserve it. Okay, so why you want it. Why you deserve it. And you know what? Since you're already sending an email, you might as well take your phone, right? If you have an iPhone, it's called voice memo, right? Record a question. It can be any question. It could be what's your favorite color? What kind of toppings do you like on your your pizza? Does pineapple go on pizza? You can ask us 
anything and then send that. You got to click send. You got to attach the voice memo and then send. And then Mike and I will look through them and we will pick a winner. I'm not saying that if you send a question, you stand a better chance. But does it hurt? Does it hurt anything? It does not. It doesn't. We're going to put all these names in a hat or whatever I have, paint cups sitting around. I'm actually going to, or we'll do maybe one of those. Five, maybe a five-gallon bucket. Or a five-gallon bucket or a spinny wheel thing Ooh. on the internet. You know what you could do? What we could do? Are we, do we possess the ability to go live on the used tubes? Of course we do. Okay. So what if we went, and I'm just throwing out that this is all live. This live is real reactions. Raw. What if we went live for the pre-show? On YouTube. On YouTube. And you share your screen, and we pick the winner live on air. We might be able to do that. If one person sends, if, only, if we only get one person that sets in, sends in something, I'm going to be upset well, for one. Well, then, well, then that it's person's not going to be very suspenseful. Right. If we have enough people. <laughs> I still think it would be hilarious. We, and see, we get the wheel spinning. It's one name. It's a spinning name on <laughs> and it. And I color. wonder who it could be. Who yeah. could it be? <laughs> but we have to have these in by Saturday. Okay, so we're going to record on Sunday next week. Okay, so this goes out the twentieth. Oh, the, uh, yes, this, this out, is going to go out goes out on Wednesdays. Yes. Okay, so you're listening to this on Wednesday. You have until the twenty third. The twenty third is the last day to, to get your entries in to enter the contest to win a driver back system, because we will be recording. On the 24th. Correct. And we might and, have a guest that night, too. And we could have a guest that night. Who could it be? Well, it could be many people that want to be on the show. So we're trying to set up schedules right now with Matt Voltner. He's one, right? He's interested. He said Sunday nights work well for him. Okay, I think, I so he'll he be said, on a Sunday episode. I think he said Sunday nights work well for him. Yeah, don't be a liar. Don't be a liar, Mike. Liar. Mike checking messages. No, well, <laughs> Mike is checking messages. Um, cause we were texting this week about it and I told him we work late, you know, we record late and he's like, that's fine. That doesn't matter to him. Cause so, that is a deal breaker for some people. Yeah. And, and Kamani, you know, from, um, yeah. Vanstray, he's in Washington state. So he's like, his kids go to bed at eight or eight 30. He's, so this is prime time for, he's on my time. Yeah. He's on your time. So he's in as, as well. And, uh, either Monday or Sunday for him works. So, I'm going to send out an email and see which one may be able to join us, you know, next week. And we'll, we'll be surprised to see uh, who that is next week. Maybe we'll have a third window. Maybe we will have a third window. It's been a while since we've had one. Matt says uh, Sunday nights are best for him. So okay. I'll ask him if so he he'll can be make on it a next Sunday, Sunday episode. Yeah. All right. So that's how you enter the contest. If you want to just reach out to me and Mike and say, hey, or ask us a question, you can also DM us. At Full House Woodworking for me, in case you didn't know. Or at Marazzo Woodworking, not the Midnight Handyman, not the Midnight Maker, Marazzo Woodworking. That's right. Or, Although I think if you type those in, it still pops up with your thing. Of course. <laughs> Three <laughs> names later. And I still have email, email addresses for those damn names as well. Okay. You probably bought the web domains too, didn't you? 
I did for the Midnight Handyman. I knew it. <laughs> Wait for someone to offer me money for it. Uh, I got a job interview Wednesday. Knock him dead. Thank you, pal. Uh, thanks for joining episode 48. Uh, stay safe in the shop and on the streets. Peace. Deuces. Boom.